This is episode 12, a dual episode with me and special guest Heather Kornman, and we are talking all things gardening with a special focus on the differences between Midwestern gardening and Southern California today on Cultivating Guts. Hello, it's Tiffany, and welcome back to Cultivating Guts, a podcast where we discuss gardening, homesteading, gut health, and following our intuition. I'm so excited to be back with you guys. I've had so many insightful moments this week and ideas about really important topics that I'm wanting to share with you on this podcast. And today, I'm actually simultaneously video recording this podcast. So if you want to check us out live and in video, jump over to YouTube. We are on our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash Tiffany Hinton, and you can catch me and Heather Kornman right there in a video having our conversation and join us. We are um, super excited about this episode, and we chatted before we started recording, and we chatted after we stopped recording, and there's just so much about this episode that is super fun. We talk about um, most unusual things we plant and grow most loved items to grow, the differences in growing greens in the Midwestern Chicago area, zone five or lower four, depending on where you're at, versus where Heather is, which is zone 10 um, on the um, gardening zones. We talk about gardening with the moon and bake. she breaks it down into two simple, easy things, the waxing moon, the wanning moon, which is the growing or the shrinking moon. And there is so much more we talk about, and I'm super excited to dive right into this episode and let you listen to our conversation and have you join us. But before we start, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review the Cultivating Guts podcast and send me your screenshot of your review to Tiffany at gfmomcertified.com, and I will send you our four-day Hacking Your Health Gut Detox plan. Also, if you're listening, screenshot your favorite part and share it with me on Instagram at gfmomcertified or at Cultivating Guts. I love reposting those, and I'm excited to hear what you thought of today's episode. I'm so grateful to you and all of our amazing listeners helping us grow the podcast. Share it with more people uh, who might like this content or enjoy listening to our conversations. And before we head into the show, here's a quick word from our sponsors. So I'm super excited for our sponsor, Holistic Wellness. It is a CBD company that we found uh, actually online during 2021, and we've been using their products in our house, our family, myself, our girls. Uh, I even gave some to a friend of mine and her for her pet, and it is truly an amazing product. The uniqueness that Holistic Wellness delivers is that it's pre-portioned servings in a broad-spectrum CBD in a portable beverage sticks. You could actually take a package, you can stick it in your purse, you can, you know, pack it in your suitcase, whatever you need to do. But it's also in a stick that, like I said, is pre-portioned. So every grab-and-go stick contains 10 milligrams of CBD wellness, and they have a proprietary blend in its water-soluble, their hemp extract, which is also very, very unique. 
in that you can put it in water, you could put it in juice, you could put it in another liquid. It completely dissolves and it's truly amazing. The other thing that is really, really awesome about the Holistic Wellness is that they have different blends intentionally. So this beauty blend has collagen in it. So it helps your nails, your skin, your your different parts of your body that need a little extra boost. They have a stress blend, which has lemon balm, or you're more familiar with what's called Melissa. And it is relaxing. It is also amazing. But if you're actually looking for something to relax you to go to sleep, they actually have a sleep stick. And in the sleep stick, it has a little bit of melatonin to help with your sleep along with chamomile, which is shown to help relax the body. They also have a digest blend for those that are listening to our podcast that have stomach problems, complaints, bloating, just issues with digesting. And it contains papaya and turmeric, which are great for digestion. Uh, And it's awesome as well. I like this one. This is probably my favorite, the uh, digest blend. It's an orange package. They also have an energizer blend that has turmeric and ginger in it. And the energizer blend is great if you need to pick me up in the afternoon, like you hit that three o'clock low and you don't really need to reach for caffeine. You just need something to pick up your body. They have a 10 pack that you can order on their website. And what's truly amazing is that for this holiday season, we have a special coupon for our listeners and the code is GFMOM, so G-F-M-O-M, and it saves 25% off your order. That is like unheard of really to get 25% off your whole order. You can utilize this by going to the Holistic Wellness website. We've got the link below in the show notes. And I'm super grateful and excited for our brand new sponsor, Holistic Wellness, and to be able to offer you a great CBD product that is organically grown in a greenhouse, never touches soil. It's actually grown hydroponically. And it's combined, like I said, in unique blends with herbs and plants that have additional benefits for your body, whether it's helping you go to sleep or it's helping you aid in digestion or there is like the collagen or it's the helping you relax or relieve the anxiety. And so super excited. Again, the code to save 25% 25 off your holiday order is GFMOM and we'll have the link and the code below in the show notes. Can I share with you a secret weapon for thriving through the holiday season, thriving through life, and just keeping my gut in check, right? This is Gluten Away from Just Thrive. Uh, I love their probiotics. I found them about 10 years ago. They're a female-owned company uh, based right here in Chicago. And this uh, Gluten Away product that they have is a combination that is my go-to for every meal that I eat out, all of my travel, whether I'm on an airplane or in a car, or even if I'm going to a friend's house and I'm just really not sure about the cross-contamination. This help keeps, helps me keep my celiac disease and Crohn's disease in remission. And when I pair this with their probiotic each day, my gut is truly thriving. I am have painless uh, stomachs. I don't really have cramps anymore. I'm regular, which is awesome, right? Nobody really wants to get constipated. And I know that I have a healthy gut colony of good bacteria living in my microbiome. Just Thrive's probiotics are a unique blend of powerful digestive enzymes. Their probiotics are designed to support optimal digestion and protect against 
hidden sources of tummy troubles like gluten. This gluten away product has the enzyme protease in it, which is scientifically proven to break down the gluten protein to make it uh, digestible, to make it less uh, abrasive on the gut. The resilient probiotic spores support the complex and complete digestive process and help me alleviate inflammation in my body. Our whole family uses Just Thrive's probiotics, their products, and their gluten away. Even my girls, you can bake with their capsules by opening them on the probiotics. The gluten away enzyme, like I said, I take it anytime we're eating out. I take it at restaurants, at people's houses. Um, even put it in my morning coffee, right? You can open it, add it to your coffee if you're not sure about the creamer or something else. And with the probiotic, you can do the same. You can add it to your coffee. Did you guys know that spore-based probiotics can survive warm temperatures even? This is how it allows us to bake with them. They can cook up to 500 degrees. And this means you can even add them to the probiotics to your morning pancake batter. Uh, We have a special, special community discount code just for you from just Thrive Probiotics and their family at Just Thrive. And so the code GFMOM, G-F-M-O-M, saves you 15% off your total purchase at their website. We will add that to the show notes. Uh, we would love for you to add a bottle of Just Thrive Gluten Away and a bottle of their probiotics to your cabinets in your kitchen and also to your purse this season so you have it with you anytime you're eating out or you're at a friend's house or any celebration or holiday meal. And thank you again, Gluten Away, for being our podcast sponsor. And with that, we're going to head right into the show. All right. Welcome back to Cultivating Guts. I am super excited today to be here with Heather Kornman. Kornman. Uh, And she is out of Southern California, fellow gardener, inspiration. She's got so much happening in her life around gardening. And um, we connected through our business spiritual mastermind. And then we've even connected since then on our own gardening and uh, an up and coming seed exchange and just so much fun stuff. But Heather, do you want to formally introduce yourself? Yeah, totally. I'm Heather Kornman. You got it right. And um I, yes, I grew up in Southern California in the suburbs of Los Angeles and garden, and I homeschool my kids. Um, I'm married um, to an awesome rock and roll drummer um, who supports all my gardening adventures, um, and we um, are just uh, having so much fun, and I'm so excited to be here. Awesome. I'm so glad you're here today. I let's just kind of like dive in because I know we connected a few weeks ago on Zoom and we were like talking forever just about gardening and plants. But like, what is your favorite thing to grow um, in your environment? So I hands down my favorite thing to grow and what I recommend any like beginner gardener or just anyone that wants to grow something that they can eat is leafy greens. It um, I just feel like that is so chemically processed, um, if you buy it from the supermarket, um, if you buy it clipped from the farmer's market even, it turns to mush so quickly. So leafy greens is like my go-to, have a ton of leafy greens growing in the garden all through the year. And I have to laugh. So here, and, and this will be interesting too as we dive into this. Okay, leafy greens, um, I can grow them in the house in a tray, right? Grow light and like sprayer hose thing. But if I plant them in the garden, which is so funny because I grow all kinds of herbs, 
um, they, they need to go in early. And then by like June, they've bolted, they've gone to flower. We have, I have arugula seeds because last year the arugula all just went to like crazy. And I was like, we didn't even really eat it for more than a week. This was, and so do you like, how are you growing? So again, if you're listening to the podcast, just to give you guys some perspective, I have a garden in the Midwest, which has is zone five. Heather is Southern Cal, which I'm guessing is zone nine. I think I'm zone 10, even where I am. Zone 10. So you're even like further south. Okay. Yeah. So how, when are you growing? Like, so I would plant lettuce here outside in March with like a hoop, like a low hoop house Mm -hmm. and, um, or like inside a greenhouse or otherwise the seed goes in basically right after Easter when it could still frost a little bit, but it's not going to freeze. So when are you planting lettuce and how are you doing that where you're So that's like, that's a beautiful thing for us to like compare and contrast. Like here we don't have like season. So I can be planting. I follow, I garden with the moon cycles as I know that you do too. And um, so in the zone that I am in, we can, I can be like sprouting. I sprouted spinach in January. It right out into the earth, like hoop gardening, indoor, like greenhouse. None of that is even um, necessary. However, I love greenhouses and I think they're cute and I want to have one just for that um, aspect. However, so yeah, so all that. So I can be sprouting. I can plant seeds into the ground and sprout them year round. Oh my gosh. And then is there a temperature when you're doing like spinach, kale, I don't know if you do collard greens. We we do, and I'm going to plant mustard greens this year as well. But like, is there a temperature where it gets too hot for them? It can get too hot, and so if it gets too hot, I just am. Um, it will it will end up bolting. So I was like nodding my head, laughing when you said the arugula, because yeah, last summer my arugula bolted. Um, and yes, I have a ton of seeds, so I'm totally ready for arugula again. Um, so it will bolt. However, I find that um, if I pick off, if I get there quickly and I see the first little flowers starting, if I pick off the flowers um, and I'm very vigilant about it, I can prolong the life of the leafy oh. greens so much. And I mean, okay. that's with like everything, like um, basil is a really big one that if you like clip the little heads of the flowers before they start flowering, you can just like see those little nodules, clip those. Yeah, and it never gets warm enough for basil to flower. Oh, okay. Yeah. Our basil <laughs> so crazy the differences. <laughs> yes. This is so interesting. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And like, um, okay. And then uh radishes are another one for me that will go in and I need to be more mindful that I don't run a farm stand, so I need to plant less because <laughs> they always produce. <laughs> it's just a matter of how many radishes do I you want to eat in one day. But that's another one that bolted. Super late. I think it bolted in May last year. Super early it bolted because we had an unusual hot summer. Yeah. I have this like um, elderly woman who actually is a fellow gardener and she um, is the one who introduced me to gardening with the moon like many, many moons ago. Um, And I remember her, she would go on really hot days and she had all these umbrellas and she would go and she'd shade all, like all her plants oh that were a little more fragile from the heat. And uh-huh. she said that it made such a big difference. I haven't tried it, but. 
oh, I just got a vision, you know, of like the yellow and the pink and the blue umbrellas. That, I don't know. To me, come from London in the rain. But anyway, those style of umbrellas, like almost like a fairy garden. <laughs> yes, it could be really okay. beautiful. Oh my gosh. So cute. Um, For those that are new to moon cycle gardening, I want you to like explain and like dive in there. Oh, I'd love to. This is like the structure that I use that once I started using, it was like a no brainer. It just um, happens organically. So like I said, like this elderly woman who I just used to drive by her garden, I taught at a preschool that was close by where she lived and I drove by her garden and um, finally just stopped and said, I love your garden. And we have been very close friends ever since. And she taught me about gardening with the moon cycles in a really simple structure. She taught me um, like two points of it, which is a good point to start for anyone listening is when you are, let's say you want to do weeding, you do weeding when the moon is getting smaller. So when it's waning, and that's because when the moon's getting smaller, it's going to like not give energy to those plants that are being pulled out. On the flip side, if you were to do weeding when the moon is waxing, when it's getting bigger, you're basically just making more work for yourself later. So if you're weeding when the moon's getting went waxing, you are opening up more space for those weeds to come back bigger and more bountiful. Um, so thinking on that, like anything that you want to be growing bigger and bountiful, you want to plant when the, when the moon is waxing. That's like a really good ground starting point. Right. And then there's so many more ins and outs to, um, specific days. Sometimes it's like, um, like I think for instance, on the moon cycle, I follow the old farmer's almanac. They have a great website. It's it's a really good tool. If you just Google gardening with the moon, um, you'll see it come up. There'll be like calendars that pop up first and then um, a website with like a kind of a bluish background, a hand in the earth and a moon. That's my favorite one. And it lays out the dates really easy. It's like yesterday was a barren day, like not good for planting. And then today is like great for, I think it's either root vegetables or seed beds starting. So if you get into the specifics, there's all that. And that's something that I even want to dive in and learn more about. Um, Yeah. And I have to, I can't reach it right now, but um, it it breaks it into like the quarters, right? Because part of what you're talking about for those that live closer to the ocean, the, the waves change and the tides change also with the magnetic pull of the moon. And, and I am also like diving more into moon cycle and like growing and gardening with it as well. And last year we kind of played in that space and I absolutely love it because yeah, your carrots, your your root vegetables, your celery, and like those turnips and things like that, you plant them. I believe it's the second quarter of okay. the waxing moon because there's more magnetic pull and it pulls the roots deeper. And then I believe you're right. It's like seeds and t- things that are on the top are like first quarter. Or you oh, plant yes. right after See, the that moon. makes so much sense. Wow. That's like so beautiful. And that – See, to me, that's when you say that, like the more magnetic pull, it makes so much sense. It's just um, like, that's what the roots are needing, like the root vegetables. And yeah, so, so that's what I love. So when I started using that as my structure, it just 
it's everything grows. It's just, um, and it's, it's easy. It's a really easy thing because for someone too, that's just going to check the website um, as a, as a great tool, it helps you set up your month. Like it's people that are like, Oh, how can I fit gardening in? I work, I've got kids, I've got a busy schedule. It, I feel it, even when I was working full time, teaching, raising my family, still making all our meals, I was able to use the structure of it to set up the month so that I could still have a garden. I love it. I love it. Our new planner, I just like picked it up off the floor to verify what I said was right <laughs> because yes. I did write out like what happens in the quarters and we're right. Yes. And it is all due to that magnetic pull. But I love too that even if you have a non-witchy, non-spiritual calendar, it probably still has moon phases in it. At least the full moon and the new moon are kind of untraditional calendars. So that is super easy for gardeners, whether you're new or not new to gardening, to kind of think about. It also like for the weeding perspective, right? That's something that you have to almost – for me, I have to schedule it in. I have to like not plan play dates or not plan to go places because with 350 square feet of gardening, <laughs> it's four hours to weed from front to back. I mean mm-hmm. – and. And I don't use any really big tools. Like I still use my hands and put on a pair of gloves and go out and do it because I like to be in the dirt. Um, But it also allows me to check for like uh, last year we had squash bugs. And, you know, or I also last year had those white kids call them roly polies, but they are very invasive and they eat all the roots. And They're eating my strawberries right now. When it's a dry season – those things will destroy a garden in no time. Like we had two green bean plants survive out of like 25 because they ate all the root system of the, the, bean, the pole beans. Um, and so, yeah, it's – but dimaceous earth, right? The ground up yeah. fossils are huge yeah. to get rid of the roly-polies. Um, and then I'm still toying with this idea of chickens – because they eat squash bugs and they don't necessarily eat the plants and they eat the really pulleys. Um, and so I don't know. Do you have chickens or anything like that, Heather? So chickens are coming. So this property that we moved to, we just moved in 2020, like at the end of 2020. And so um, part of the reason of moving here was so that I could have a larger property. We moved a little farther away from the ocean so we could have a little bit larger of a plot. Here still in Los Angeles in Southern California, so plots are smaller. But um, so I have a chicken coop, but I'm like pointing to the back. It's in the back, so the chicken coop is built, and then I just have to. Um, I think I am. That's where I'm going to use my hoops. I think I'm going to hoop off. It's it's so on this property. It would be like the dog run. That's going to be the chicken run, um, and the oh, dogs yeah. can go elsewhere. And so yeah, so chickens are coming, and then there's like a perfect pathway. So. We and this suburban little homestead that I'm creating are gardens in the front yard. And so the chickens will be in the back, but there's a little pathway that they'll be able to get through. Like I can open the gates and let them through the front so that they can go and like weed. I'm, I keep telling my husband, like, you're not going to have to be on your hands and knees weeding the grass anymore. Like the chickens are going to come. They're going to do it for you. Um, so we're close to that. Um, yeah. My mom, I always... Is- raise chickens with her though. So. Oh, okay. I have not been around chickens. Oh my gosh. Probably since I was in grade school, my grandmother had them for a little while when I was super young and then she didn't have them after that. 
but my girl's private school has chickens. And so my children have been like raising chickens for three, four years, maybe five years. And I keep telling them like, we're ready to get chickens at home. And they're like, mom, we don't want to do chicken chores. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, we want chicken chores. We're buying eggs anyway from a local farmer. So I'm I'm ready to like say we need two or three chickens, but yeah, maybe three girls, three chickens, and that'll be their spring gift. Um, That's perfect. Exactly. Have you ever hatched eggs? Have you ever done like get the eggs and put them under the hot light? I haven't. I um, got to visit a preschool close by where they would do that often. That is actually something that my daughter really wants to do. Um, She's eight years old and she's like, okay, I know we're getting four chickens. Can we get three of them babies and then one egg? She's like, but maybe we should get an extra egg just in case. So she really wants to do the incubation process. Um, I am still letting myself process that to see if I'm ready to dive in on like our first round. I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. ready to dive in know. on that. <laughs> um, yeah, it'll be interesting. We're, I'll think about this chicken thing more and more. But um, I found an image on Instagram of like all the different colored eggs. And they gave you the variety of the chicken breed that makes those colors of eggs. So then that was the other thing this week we were looking at. My girls are like, we need Brahmas because they're like a pink brown egg. And Easter egg chickens or eggers, I guess, Easter eggers are like the green turquoise Yes, range. and are those oh. like the ones – I feel like my mom, the one that she has, it's like the a beautiful – Pen too. It's like a black and white, like full, like kind yeah, of like black and white speckled. Uh huh. Yeah. Yes. They they are the most beautiful eggs and really um lovely hens too. Yeah, I have a one of their feathers here because one of the girls brought it home from school. Like I collect feathers. That's something else outside the garden, like bird feathers, and and I have like a really nice Easter egg or chicken feather. And she's like, look, I found you a feather one day. And I was like, where'd you find this? And she's like, I had chicken duty. <laughs> like, okay, then. That's why um, they don't want it at home. They already have chicken duty at school. <laughs> yes. Oh, my goodness. All right. So what's the most unusual thing that you've grown or are growing? I don't know if it's not unusual, but something that was a fun surprise that's coming to mind is I got a pack of marigold seeds, well, that I thought were marigold seeds, and it turns out that it's calendula. And so I have bountiful calendula growing all over the garden that has just taken me through. I transplanted even when we, some of the, when we moved properties, I transplanted um, some of the established plants following the moon cycle, of course. and that was one that came over and I like looked through my seeds to find the seed pocket that it came from. And I'm like, yeah, it does say marigold. But if I realize now from growing them that it's definitely calendula seeds. Um, uh-huh. So I planted more and that's a great one that I want to dive into on things to do because that's like you can make tea yeah. and things, right? We make tea. I put a whole bunch of them in um, oils last year, which are still sitting. So um, my neighbors know that I need jars or they're like, it's funny, right? You create this green witch atmosphere and people start bringing you supplies. Um, but yeah, so like baby food jars or like little reusable glass jelly jars. And that's the cool thing where we live because it's so European and the imports all come still in glass. Oh, so awesome. we just put in two large shelving units and it's just like shelves of empty jars right now. But we did olive oil infused calendula. So it can be like a body oil. Um, I've done it in... Uh, macadamia oil with hibiscus. Um, yeah, I love it. I love it. Tea, 
Um, we did some dried ones as well, and I dried some, okay. let it go to seed intentionally so I can replant it. Yeah. I got my clitendula seed from an herbalist when I started taking herbalist classes. That was part of like what came with the packet. But um, they do, you're right. They sell it in the U.S. as marigold because it's hardy and it's in the marigold family, but it's not okay. the traditional stinky marigolds like right. you plant to like keep the rabbits out of your garden. Right. <laughs> right. Same family, like plant Latin family, but yeah, totally different plants. And, and you um, use the yeah. Tiffany, it's the flowers that you use, what you're talking about when you're like And the more them. you clip the heads, the more flowers you get. Oh yeah, I'm seeing that. And so when it got to be fall here, I let some of them just fall, hoping that I don't have to reseed those areas. Um, ideally, in my garden plan, there's like one whole bed that's going to be like herbal flowers that you can reuse, like asters and things that are not poisonous that we can use for different crafts and teas and fun stuff. Um, the other place where I love to put fresh caladangela flowers is in the bathtub. Um, like light some candles, you know, throw some essential oil in and then just float those heads if you've got a whole bunch and just sit there. And that is to me like so just peaceful and awesome. That sounds Um, so dreamy. And do you know off the top of your head like what the health benefits are for the calendula? Is it like chamomile, how it would be like calming? Um, okay. Intuitively what's coming, because <laughs> uh, it's not something I've memorized. Intuitively what's coming, though, marigold is good for digestion. Um, okay. and it's also used, a lot of times they use the, the, the yellow dye of marigold in, um, different like cultures to create like the coloring for the face. So like, if you think about, um, like Hindu ceremonies and different things where, or even like probably Bali and other places where they're using flowers to create different ceremonial structures. They're using, some of them are using like the marigold to create yellow. So that's the other thing. Um, Caldendula I know is really good for face and for rashes, which is why I started mixing it with olive oil for eczema for one of the girls. That is so beautiful and so great for me to hear too, because it's like all coming together about like why calendula just started organically growing in my garden because um, the the digestion really speaks to me. Like I have a lot of third chakra, um, which is like our our navel point and above. Yeah, and that would make sense because the the colors match the yellows yes the colors match and you're saying like eczema like I definitely have eczema and have like rashes I feel like this is such beautiful um information and now it makes perfect sense why it grew in my garden and that's a beautiful thing too right as we like connect with our garden sometimes things I know we've talked about that like let things go something might start growing and you might not know what it is but maybe give it some time like it may be coming to us for a reason and in the Greenwich area, it's for protection. So I also have little glass jars that we order um, that have like little miniature stoppers. Um, and I have seeds in those and I can wear it as a necklace if I want. And the calendula seeds are beautiful, like the little curl and things. They it look almost like looks little like little shells. Little, yeah, like a shell or like I was going to say even like a seahorse, like the little like yeah. tail, how it curls. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they're so uh, pretty. So cool. So pretty. So what's really cool is that this is going to – this episode will come out after, but like in bulk is coming this week, okay. right? With uh, And that's like the celebration of um, – I just did a whole bunch of research on it because I was writing about it. But it's the celebration 
of the goddess Bridget, okay. who is about fertility and rebirth. And that's what Embolk is. It's about like, right, being able to sow seeds in the sun and all of this happening. So it's like February is like, like you said, the farmer, farmer's almanac, the new moon, we're going to be waxing. Yeah. We'll have Embolk. It's like the perfect time to like get seeds in the ground. Yeah. Or if you're in the Midwest, get the seeds in the trays, whether it's in a greenhouse or in their your house. Like my neighbor even this week sent me like, she's like, I got my tomato seeds. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I am behind or I feel behind, but I'm not behind. It just made me feel that way because it's the time to do like all the indoor starters so you can get the plants out after frost. Yeah. Um, so here, okay. So let's crops that grow really well here in the Midwest versus crops that grow better in Southern okay, cool. California. Okay, so I know we have like corn and um, bush beans and cucumbers and lots of different herbs from lovage to basil because, as we mentioned, it never flowers because it never gets hot enough, so it just keeps growing. Um, Which sounds grow really well here, and. And I would say also dill is something else that I think grows and horseradish and carrots. What do you have that you think is like super well where you – like I can't grow um, melon. We try all the time and we get like one watermelon the whole season. But melon for me is a no-go. Yeah, it's so interesting to me. I would think that if cucumber grows really well there, I would totally envision – um, melon, but I guess it does need, it's like a higher water content point and needs to get, I feel like the melons really like that, like heat, like they thrive in that. Um, yeah, melons grow well here. My daughter did, um, cantaloupe. I've got one, um, box that's, um, like an experimental box for the kids. Although since they've been gardening with me, it's pretty, they know what they're doing now. Um, she grew cantaloupe in hers and, um, starts from seeds in the ground and she, we had a bounty of cantaloupe this last um, time. So melons grow well. Really everything that you listed grows well here. Um, yeah, dill. There's even dill. Like if you go on nature hikes, like along the cliffs um, of the ocean, there's lots of trails that you can walk through. You'll just see like wild dill and mustard like growing through. You oh, just, wow. Like, be snacking when you walk. Um, so that all grows really well. That is one the the mustard specifically is one that we actually see a season with. That's something that the hillsides like all turn yellow in the spring. And for us, it's like a very slight showing of the, of the spring change, which is really cool. Um, I mean, artichokes grow really well here. I don't know. Is that something that you can grow? I've never tried to grow an artichoke. Oh, they're so lovely. You know, we had talked about passion fruit flowers before. Yeah. Yes. And the artichoke flower is really similar looking to a passion fruit oh. flower. Actually, it's kind of like sea urchin and like grows out and it's like purple. Yeah. Um, so yeah, artichokes is a fun one to grow. That gets really big. It needs a big area. So I haven't done that like yet. A on squash? This. Okay. It's, it grows different than a squash. squash. It grows like um, kind of more like a big, like hearty bush. Almost oh. like a big, like succulent looking kind of bush with like these big leaves. And then like the artichoke heads like pop up around. Um, artichokes, I'm thinking like something that wouldn't grow. Well, what speaks to me is what you were talking about with your flowers when you were saying, oh, you left the calendula um, and let mm-hmm. it go like, for the winter or in the fall, let it fall. So maybe it would come back. 
in the spring. That's something that's, I think, polarizingly different between our areas is so like these flowers that I have, they're just continually growing. There isn't like there isn't that frost of them that would freeze them to die. So it's the continual. So for me as a gardener, it's finding that balance too. And I know this is off topic from what you were asking, but it's all good. Yeah, is like finding that balance of like the lull of the winter. So how I did that this year is, you know, I harvested all my sweet potatoes. Um, So I have like two, I did two big beds of, of sweet potatoes. So I have two big beds that are empty now. And I'm just taking in that as my winter lull while I plan mm-hmm. for the next round. And I just feel like it's necessary as we're, um, as we need that. Now you have me wondering about biannuals, right? Because yeah. carrots are biannual. If you yeah. don't pull them and you let them stay all winter, the next year they flower and produce carrot seed. So, um, oh, yes, fox I want to get into that. Okay. Hawks, those are like biannual and they have to like die and come back in order for them to do what they need to do. So, yeah, so do I you guys know. have those? So, I mean, we have carrot, but I have not experimented with letting carrot go to seed. That's usually one, right, that the kids are so excited. Like, I see the little carrots bulging out. It's time to pick them. So that would be a really interesting experiment. I have a bunch of carrots planted in there right now, and I could experiment with leaving a row of them and seeing. Interesting. Ours go to seed when we forget to pull one or we didn't find it. (laughs) Because I don't take carrots out, which everybody finds funny, but I find that they're sweeter. I mean, we'll pull them throughout the season as we need them to cook something, but I don't pull all of them out until it snows. And so then I'm the silly one on the block in my snow pants with a shovel and gloves, (laughs) like, get all the carrots out Um, because it's time. And then I bring them in and, I mean, we'll have, I don't know, last year I had a five-gallon bucket of carrots, right, that are about six inch long. And so I split them up and we take some to different neighbors. And then for myself, some of them go in the fridge and then like the rest of them go down to the cellar. Okay. They're like the basement, right? And they dry. So I have dried carrots in jars and dried carrots in a bucket right now that I'm thinking about um, that can be later added to stews or to like bone broth or like veggie broth or things like that. And then they rehydrate um, when you add them into. Yeah, and they rehydrate when, and they still have flavor. Or you could crumble them up or whatever. Yeah. Is there anything that you do before you bring them to the cellar? Like, do you like lay them out in the sun or anything first? Um, no, I don't. Normally, what I do this past winter, we won't talk about. They still have dirt on them, but they're dried. <laughs> um, so I was trying a, an experiment. I guess we can talk about that. So supposedly if you leave the dirt on the potatoes or you leave the dirt on the carrots, they stay fresher longer and they don't dry as quickly, right? And and in probably 100 years ago, the real root cellar had enough moisture where things wouldn't dry out. It was more like a refrigerator, right? Now, because our houses are so humidity controlled, um, there is not enough moisture in the environment. So they do dehydrate over a course of like six weeks. Um, so what I – we use tea towels. They're like flower sacks. And um, I lay the flower sack in the bottom of like – this is the other thing we have a lot of, which I don't know. It just happens. Um, those wooden Coke trays, right, 
that people used to put the bottles in. So I have lots of those wooden trays. And so I'll do the flower sack and then a row of carrots and then a flower sack and a row of carrots and do like three. And they just eventually, yeah, like dehydrate on their own. That is so beautiful. I love those um, little wooden crates. I have two of them. That's actually from that um, garden friend lady who taught me about the moon cycle. Oh. <laughs> but that would be so, I could see those being so perfect because there's slats for air to get through. Um, and this is such great. I'm so stoked that you told me about the dirt on them because my the sweet potato harvest that I just did, they still, I gave them a little rinse, but, but they're still, I just did like a hose before I brought them in. Yeah. They're still with the dirt. And that's something that um, I want to incorporate here, which is not something that is around here is basement, one basements or any kind of like root cellar or anything. But we have this little under the stairs back closet, like behind our bedroom closet that stays like dark and cool. And it's got a raw wood floor um, that I am going to convert into this, which you're talking about. And I've actually heard too, to keep some of the moisture, it's even good to sprinkle some dirt on the floor of the root cellar. Um, and you can even do like, I've heard, do you do straw? I've heard you could do straw inside that. I don't in the house because I mean, it's a finished basement. Um, (laughs) so, uh, I don't do straw. I'm trying to think. No. Now a neighbor of mine, European influenced, right? Just came to America probably when she was in her twenties. She actually keeps everything like in dirt indoors. Like she'll have like, instead of like my tea towels, she'll just like fill trays with dirt and leave her potatoes that she harvested in the dirt or whatever. And I'm, and so I think that's another way in which she was just taught to store vegetables over the season or over the winter. So they don't necessarily have a root system, but it's kind of what you're saying. It helps probably retain their moisture because they're laying in a shallow dirt bed. Yes, that is so incredible. I love that. Wait till my husband hears that now I want to bring dirt inside the closet. (laughs) (laughs) I have to laugh because we don't have a greenhouse outside yet. We're going to build that this year. Like that's my project this spring. So So last year and the year before and everything in the sunroom on the other end of where my office is, it's like a Florida room basically, right? So it's all windows on one, like a whole wall of windows. And I bring in the dirt and I put it in like the big plastic, huge buckets, like a Rubbermaid tub. And we put out the seed trays and all this stuff. And I, last year I put burlap on the floor and then I tried to keep all the dirt on the burlap thinking it would be easier because the year before I just like did it right on the hardwood floor. <laughs> and then that was a whole mud mess to try to have to like mop up and then figure out how to get it out. Yes. So it'll be interesting this year if I actually go get plastic or if I do the burlap. I tend to like to be sustainable. So the less plastic I have to use with the gardening, I feel I feel better about it. So Definitely. I am a huge advocate for that. As you know, I'm into like the waste, waste less living as much as we can be. I've got jars and jars of, sh- of um, or shelves and shelves of jars too, just like you. <laughs> oh my goodness. This has been so fun. Yeah. So I, I know we wanted to go half hour. We're a little over. And for those of you listening, thank you for still being here. I hope you're enjoying this as much as I am. I have one last question for you, Heather. How do you cultivate guts in your life? Oh, um, 
I will you give me a little meaning for you, like what that means to help me segue? It means so many things. <laughs> okay, so just whatever. So it, it I think it's me. going to be whatever gut is for you. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's my garden. That's how I cultivate my balance in life, my connection to earth, um, my actual soaking up minerals into my skin through earth um, so that then I can have balance to go out and cultivate guts into, into life as we know it and connect with more people. I love that answer. I love that answer. I ask this question at the end of every podcast. And and that's why it's whatever guts is. Guts could be your gumption. Guts could be your intuition. It could actually physically be a part of your intestinal tract, right? And so the answers, it's so interesting as people respond. So I love that you're out there, you're soaking up your minerals, you're grounding, and then you're taking that kind of energy you're getting from the earth to go out and have guts in the world. Yeah. Spread that love. Yeah. yeah thank you yeah. so much, Tiffany. This is so fun. Thank you. This is so awesome. Um, you guys... Uh, tell them how they can find you. Yes, my um, personal Instagram is an easy one. So that's simply.naturally.heather. Um, and then I have a business one that is forming um, that is the Golden Triangle Shop. Um, and that's at Instagram as well. So those are two great ways to find me. There is so much happening for the Golden Triangle. That will be another podcast we will have to do when she Heather has everything kind of up and ready and we can get maybe a tour for you two of her new um, expansion of the Golden Triangle. So Ooh, I don't want to give that away, that. but that is so exciting. <laughs> uh, all right. Thank you so much. And um, thank you for being here. Thanks, Tiffany. All right, you guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Share with me what your favorite part was and share when you will try out some of the things we talked about in your garden or even if it's saving carrots or potatoes in your root cellar or basement. Ask me any questions. I'm here for you and I am excited to see the benefits of you getting into your own garden. Satnam. I love you guys. So if you love this episode, remember to share it with your friends and send it to anyone who may love this inspiration and information that we shared. I also want to let you know that we have a brand new gardening masterclass workshop that goes right along with our brand new gardening planner. So we have the new, and it's on Amazon, but it's also over at cultivatingguts.com. The Ultimate Green Witch Gardening Planner is here. We've built a whole class around this that is happening February 21st. It's the Green Witch Masterclass for the planner. Um, with the bundle, the Green Witch Gardening Planner bundle, you get the live masterclass, which we're going to host on Zoom. So we're going to be interactive. You're going to have questions, Q&A. We're going to actually put some stuff in the planner. We're going to use the planner for definitely the monthly planning pages. We're going to mark the moon cycles and figure out what we're doing there. We're going to map out six months of that. We're going to have questions around seed starting and so much more. To get in on that bundle, we do have a secret code that you can use as a podcast listener to save $20 off the bundle price. So instead of paying $67, which gets you a printed Ultimate Green Witch 
planner, gets you the PDFs. You can print it year after year on your own or print additional pages that you might need. I know myself, I found out I needed an additional wish list page, uh, but it also gets you that live tutorial class, that interactive coaching call with myself for two hours on the 21st of February. So that is valued at $67, but with the $20 coupon code that I'm going to give you, if you want to grab a pen, um, you can get it for $47, all three of those components, which include the printed uh, planner right to your house, the PDF of the planner, and the masterclass for the two-hour coaching call where we talk about gardening. We we mark the moon cycles. We map out the next six months of our gardening plan. And we just actually dive in as a community, build relationships, and get to know each other. And we can connect on social and continue to have a gardening community and perhaps even do some seed exchanging, uh, which will be super fun. So that code is early bird, all one word. And of course, the early bird always gets the worm. So if you're listening to this podcast, you still have two weeks before our Green Witch planning bundle masterclass and live coaching call. So you can use that code early bird over at www.cultivatingguts.com. We are super excited for you to join us and to get your backyard garden started. If you're an avid gardener, brand new to gardening, or even consider yourself a black thumb, uh, no need to have any concerns. We've got you covered. And if you listen to last week's podcast, you're going to learn how I took Anita Myers from black thumb to green witch in a matter of weeks, and she is an avid gardener and has her own tea garden now and is super excited to get into this year's gardening season. So that's on episode 11 of Cultivating Guts. And again, today, super excited. Love to hear what you thought your favorite part was. If you want to shoot me a message on Instagram or even to email, that would be amazing. And if you need to get to get all of your details, um, to get your own garden started, to find out what classes we already have offered or replays from past monthly workshops. Uh, January, we talked about Garden Visioning, February's workshop, which is going to be on the 16th next Wednesday, is around seed starting. Those workshop sign-up details and replays are also hosted at www cultivatingguts.com and you can find all the things you need to get started with your garden and with growing into learning more about green witch gardening and get all the stuff you need to get out there and get growing your own food to help your gut and to grow joy in your life. <music> 